Welcome to Machine Learning. Well, back in college, I was taking a expert systems course, your dad's course, and using uh, a Bayesian network and probability predict based on a profile of the teams that were in the Super Bowl, which team would win the Super Bowl. And the way I did it was I, I used, I built the grid of each team of statistics. And I went and talked to the professor, uh, a coach, a football coach, and asked him which was the better, what were the factors that he used to measure their team, whether they had a chance to win or not. And he said that a running team was preferred over a run, I mean, a, a passing team was preferred over a running team. And, uh, but you could have a running team that could beat a passing team. And uh, because they had a higher percentage of completions, and I moved the, the, uh, the ball down the field. Um, but that if you were going to pair up a running team against a passing team, that you had to have a very good defense um, defense system, defensive team. So what I did was I went and got statistics from the newspapers from the previous year. So the library had, I don't remember how far back, but they had newspapers when, and I found the sports section and then in the sports section they had um, the stats, like number of yards run, number of passes completed, average pass length. And um, I used that information to uh, create my matrices or profile. And based on that profile, um, I, if I put the two profiles against each other, there was a certain probability uh, that one would win against the other. And that, so what I did is on each node of the Bayesian network, um, I knew the, the team configuration of the Super Bowl. So it showed the, all the teams and who they were gonna play. And, and uh, so we had a kind of a starting branch, uh, the first level. And using the historical information and also the weighting, I also put a weighting on each one of the factors based on what the coach told me was important, like number of injuries, uh, uh, quarterback, whether the quarterback was injured or not injured, uh, how many yards run, and win-loss. I don't know if the win-loss really factored in that much, but anyway, I put, took a number of factors together and uh, on each node then, uh, for each team, I calculate the probability based on their profile that one would win against the other. And uh, based on these weightings and scores. So I had a, uh, I, I used a game theory, had a mathematician help me with the game theory. So when you took the two, uh, two, two teams together, uh, we calculated an alpha. And then based on that alpha, we were able to know which uh, which team was more likely to win than the other team, and uh, and then I put it into the Bayesian network, and each node then 
compared the resulting team. So if if, a, if one team A and B, if A went above a certain threshold in the probability of win, um, then it was selected on the next node. And so I, I worked through each one of the nodes and came down to the final game. I think it was uh, San Francisco versus the Cowboys was my prediction that would be the, the teams that would emerge uh, in the final play playoff. And uh, then the system calculated that San Francisco would win over the Cowboys. And, uh, and then I submitted that in. And I was the only person in the class to accurately predict who would win the Super Bowl. And I thought that was so cool. And now what I'm doing is, so let's see, that was probably 1993. So that was a long time ago. And now I finally look, return back to the Super Bowl data, and I'm looking at the same thing, uh, but using a logistic regression algorithm to predict the outcome between two teams. So what I'm doing is I'm looking at the yards run, average completed, uh, number of compl average completed passes, average yards passed, and uh, then getting a certain profile, and based on that profile, then I can uh, I can predict uh, an outcome. So, if I take a, a team, and against that team, I I figure and project out what I think the average uh, running or passing and and the percentage complete between the two teams will be then I can feed that into my logistic regression and it'll tell me whether or not it will be a win or a loss. So it's just, so what it's doing is it's taking the generalized data knowledge of all the activity between all the teams and calculating um, a pattern based on, on this uh, probability, based on the, uh, the team and then what I can do is I can feed that average in to the logistic regression, and it'll tell me what it think if it thinks that uh, on uh, compared against the the overall group performance, if it thinks that uh, there's a win or loss. So that's it. That's just kind of my general approach to this. Um, I like my original older Bayesian network and. Uh, I don't actually know how to implement Bayesian networks in uh, machine learning at this point. And I checked in DataCap, but I didn't see anything where they were using Bayesian networks, where they're calculating probability at the nodes and then uh, forward chaining through the nodes to a final desk uh, conclusion. And I'm wondering if that's because uh, deep learning has taken that that uh, approach where it's taking, you could take, uh, let's see, the probabilities of the teams and, and the input side uh, when they originally play each other and based on their, their profile or their statistics that there's a certain probability that the deep learning uh, converges in the hidden layers. And so in the final conclusion uh, the output it figures out how 
it went from the certain set of profiled inputs to a final output, which would be the San Francisco tape. I don't know if that's why Bayesian networks aren't used. I prefer to actually have a Bayesian network so I can see at each node junction uh, if there's malfunction in the probability. So like if uh, two teams play and it predicts that one team will win over the other and there's no historical precedence for that ever occurring, then you know that is an outlier event. And uh, it would probably uh, warrant some additional inspection of the data and see why, uh, why the machine predicted the probability to be high for a win when it doesn't seem to make sense. Um, but given that though, it's interesting that if we change our mindset to thinking about probability, then uh, we would look at probability as the occurrences of things happening. And when those probabilities are high, based on those occurrences historically, I don't think we would say that there would be too much of a deviation from, from that historical occurrence pattern. And because of that, then you can rely uh, on probability, not to be an absolute, but it is a very good indicator and your confidence goes up higher as that probability goes up higher. And so, you know, making decisions based on probability uh, might be a better way to go than making decisions based on who you like as a quarterback. Because maybe, I was talking to my wife about that, um, maybe you have a, a, a favorite uh, quarterback and he takes a lot of high risk uh, passes to get uh, large uh, numbers on his yards completed. But um, maybe there's a trade-off in every game he has a high high percentage of turnovers so there's a large number of turnovers and in a team that can capitalize on turnovers uh, that may work to his disadvantage even though he's statistically has a high percentage of yards completed because he has a high number of turnovers that may give another team uh, the chance to catch intercept and then score and so those are those are some factors that uh, need to be considered. And maybe he, and there's some kind of freakonomics that are involved here. Maybe he gets an incentive for having a large number of yards. But also, since he's a, a frequent thrower, he becomes more of a target. So maybe he's uh, subject to more injuries than normal quarterbacks because he's known for his high, uh, high yards. Uh, passing passing yards. So all those things are factors um, that need to be considered and weighed out in the terms of uh, figuring out probability. And so there is this weighting, there is this bias in the in the weighting, and that's based on experience. And that's why I went and talked to uh, the coach and fo uh, college coach to find out um, how he how he, an expert thinks about football. And that was very enlightening because uh, I was able then to correctly uh, predict the outcome of the Super Bowl. Never tried it after that. I wonder if, uh, if I had how many Super Bowls I would have accurately predicted using my system. 
and uh, you know I had that system on a floppy disk somewhere and I imagine I still have it because I didn't throw away things but I'd have to have to go look it up and I don't know if the software would even run and I didn't write a paper on the algorithms and so that was one of the things I was telling my wife earlier is that because I didn't write this and I didn't create it I just used someone else's work uh, I can't recreate it and that's kind of a disadvantage so I do regret that and um, that is also one of the things about large pipelines that you'll run into when you're trying to make predictions is that you're going to be working with the equations and the functions that other developers have built and you're largely going to have to trust it that it does what it says it'll do um, and if there's anomalies then you may elect to write your own and there's nothing wrong with electing to write your own you gain a better understanding but it does take time and uh, and so for that reason it it could be cost effective to use um, the code and the math of another individual. So that's gonna be always the challenge in machine learning is what mathematics are you using and what code base are you using and what are the results? So I imagine in the more popular machine learning libraries like Scikit-Learn, uh, SKLearn, that you might say because there's a large population of people using it that it's going to be very accurate but you see every library has its favorites or darlings and now PyTorch is uh, is the favorite and a lot of uh, machine learning and AI people are using PyTorch I started uh, learning PyTorch in the data camp and um, didn't really understand it that well tell you the truth and I think that's because um, they started doing a lot of things with the matrices and they weren't explaining the math, they were just showing the matrices. And I, I got kind of lost in what we were doing. And uh, because I didn't understand it, then I kind of abandoned it. So I've got to return to PyTorch. Uh, maybe I'll get a book or something on that and read mo up more on it. Because it's a big field. Machine learning AI is a huge field. And uh, a lot more intensive thought goes into the machine learning AI than just uh, 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 statistics. Well, I mean, you could say that all machine learning and AI is, is probability and statistics, and I would have to agree with that. Um, but you're not having to, to program it out. You're not having to look at coefficients. You're not looking at, you know, p-values and Pearson correlations and things like that. Um, collinearity, all those things are uh, things that you learn in data science. So uh, once again, you know, we've had a little chit chat about things of, uh, of importance to me and, and hopefully you enjoyed it and it's time for me to go to work.